Hello, this is Bill, and you can find me on Instagram at rumble underscore garage. You are listening to episode 145 of the Subi and You podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I decided to have a little fun with this one also and asked Bill if he could send me a clip of him doing some fabrication work. So he sent me this little video of him doing some grinding, and I decided to use that as part of the intro. And of course, have a little fun with it. So thank you so much, Bill, for sending that. And of course, we have Bill on this episode of the podcast. Uh, It was really great to get him on. We've been chatting back and forth for a while. So it was great to have him on and share his Subaru journey and share his story. He's got a lot of stuff going on, so we will hear about that here in just a little bit. I hope you all had a great weekend, and I hope you all have a happy Halloween tomorrow. I know that's a big deal for some people, and there are people that end up doing something cool with their Subaru. I know there's a lot of trunk or treats that go on and people get creative with that. And it's fun to just see what people are doing out there in the community and having fun with this little holiday. So have fun, eat lots of candy, maybe not too much. You don't want to make yourself sick or upset your stomach, but most of all, be safe and just have a really good time. The Subi and You podcast is brought to you by Eccentric Designs. For those of you who don't know, Eccentric Designs is a small, community-driven business that offers custom-fit vinyl overlays for most Subaru models. This includes various designs for the rear reflectors, taillights, and side taillights. I also offer fun decal designs like the popular fender stripes and stickers. To find designs for your Subi, head on over to eccentricdesigns.com. There's always more projects in the works, so be sure to follow at eccentric.designs on Instagram. Thank you so much, Eccentric Designs, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. And as a reminder, she now has rear reflector overlays for the Impreza, for the new Impreza, and for the third gen Crosstrek. So go check that out. This episode is brought to you by Melee Design Firm, which is your one stop shop for the world's best motorsports batteries and handmade battery mounting systems. Also now for select rally spec products such as the Group 35 rally spec battery mount for the Crosstrek and other Subaru products such as the front strut tower brace and engine bay caps, you can get 5% off by using the code SUBI plus U at checkout. So head on over to MeleeDesignFirm.com and check out the rally spec and Subaru section of the website to see what they have to offer for your Subaru. Thank you so much, Melee Design Firm, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. If you want to check out his episode, you can go to episode 40 and hear all about Melee Design Firm. I have a very appropriate patron question of the week today. This one comes from Indoor Onyx, and since this is right before Halloween, he asks, Team Candy Corn or not? Me, I'm Team Candy Corn. I have always liked candy corn since I was a kid. It's, I don't know, I used to, because it's different colors, I remember I would like bite off one color at a time, bite off like the tip and then the next color and then eat the rest or sometimes just throw a handful of them in my mouth and just enjoy because I really like them. I know I've heard people say that they think they are disgusting, but I don't think so. And years ago, I think somebody said if you take some candy corn and some peanuts and eat those together. I forgot what candy bar it tastes like, 
but I tried that one time and it was actually really good. So if you like candy corn and you like peanuts, mix them together and eat them that way. It's really good. So thank you so much, Indoor Onyx, for your question. This episode is brought to you by SubaruGear.com. They have had a long partnership with the National Park Foundation, and they have created a unique collection perfect for exploration of outdoor spaces and national parks near you. So you can go to the website, SubaruGear.com, and right there on the front page, you can go explore the collection for the National Park Foundation. They also have on the front page trending Subaru gear so you can go and see what's going on there and click on any of those and then also go to shop and go to any of the different collections that they have so they have apparel outdoor life bags and coolers food and drink pets home goods performance and auto so you can go through and browse through that anything that you find you can use the code SUBINU23 to get 20% off of your purchase And anything that you purchase, if the total is over $50 after the discount, then you automatically get free shipping. So go check out SubaruGear.com and see what they have to offer for you as a Subaru enthusiast and a lover of this community and this brand. Thank you so much, Subaru Gear, for sponsoring the SubiNU podcast. This episode is also brought to you by Rika VS. Not only do they make great wheels and lift kits, But at Rika, they strongly believe in making a positive force in the world, especially in the communities where they work and live. Rika VS is proud to announce that they have created Rika Cares, a program where a percentage of every online sale will be donated directly to a specific charity. They contribute to a diverse range of organizations, and by giving to those in need, it has allowed them to make an impact in their local communities, a mission that is vitally important to their company. So when you go to the Rika VS website, you can click on the little link that says We Care, and it'll show their current charitable donations and where those dollars are going to. So when you're on the Ryko VS website searching for that perfect set of wheels or a lift kit, go check out the We Care section. And when you go to checkout, be sure to use the code SUBIU10 at checkout to get 10% off a set of wheels or a lift kit. Thank you so much, Rika VS, for sponsoring the SUBIU podcast. If you want to check out the Rika story, you can go check out episode 48, where I had them as a guest on the podcast. Also, now that we are getting into colder months, and I know it's colder in some places than it is here in Houston... Go check out SueBeingYouPodcast.com and go to the merch section because I have some beanies and some hoodies that are available. So if you want to help support the podcast and rep the podcast, you can go check out the merch that I have available for you to purchase. Again, thank you all so much for your support. Thank you for tuning in. And now we will get into this episode with Bill and hear all about his Rumble Garage and everything that he has been doing for the past few years, building some pretty amazing Subarus. So let's get into this conversation and hear all about it from Bill. Here we go. Hey, Bill, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on here. We, uh, we've gotten some really good chats in through Instagram. The other night we were chatting for, what, a couple of hours at least? 
Oh yeah, it got pretty late, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, you were like, "Oh, it's getting late here. I got to go to bed." But uh, it's good conversation, and it was a great way to segue into this, and uh, makes it this more enjoyable now since we've had some some long conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. So I thought we would get things started off this way because the other day you had a post, and you said you you get asked a lot of questions, and of course. We know you planned it and designed it as you stated in your post, but let's get these questions answered. All right. So the first one you listed was, how did you get so many tools? Oh, the tools. Okay. So I think I started at a very young age. I just learned the importance of tools and how expensive they were. And I noticed that everybody in my family had just about everything that you needed to do whatever you wanted. But they had taught me the the valuable process of buying tools at an early age, because if you take care of them, it will generally last forever. And so, you know, and of course, quality as well, you know, you got to be able to go out and get your quality tools because they're going to last. Oh, yeah. So that was something that, you know, I started doing at a very early age. I was always tinkering on something, you know, around 12, 13 years old and, you know, building bicycles and whatnot and doing that and kind of graduating into the cars as I got my license. Yeah. So what did you go, just speaking of cars and and starting uh, on tinkering with stuff, what were some of the first cars that you started messing with as far as like mechanical type of work and using these tools? Well, the first car I went crazy on was a 1999 Eclipse, believe it or not. I was, yeah, the enemy, Mitsubishi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I started started with them mainly because, you know, the Fast and the Furious era and whatnot. So I threw nitrous at that thing and just about every other bolt-on you could possibly buy at the time. And, you know, at the time, there there really wasn't tuning, you know, so prevalent as it is now. And so you kind of just threw everything you had at it and you crossed your fingers and you went WOT and hopefully it didn't break. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I started with one of those and that kind of got me into the tuner age. And then I started seeing a lot of Subarus that I liked and I realized that I wanted to make that transition over to that brand. And so like my first Subaru I bought was uh, 2001 actually excuse me i did not buy it i traded my rx7 that's i was ready to be done with mazda as well (laughs) yeah i traded my rx7 for uh for a subaru and since then i fell in love it was a 2001 subaru impreza rs coupe you know so it was Nice. One of the un- unobtainium cars nowadays, you know, because yeah, Subaru they they rust a little bit, you know, and, and those cars are very expensive nowadays as well, you know, especially if they're swapped. Yeah. So you said that you you had the Eclipse and and then I, and then obviously the RX seven. So when do you do you remember like when you first noticed Subaru and were like, hmm, that's nice. <laughs> Yeah, all the races I would lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were all Subarus. Every wow. single 
time I would lose a race, it was a Subaru. And, you know, I graduated from the nitrous platform up to the turbo platforms. I had GSTs and GSXs. You know, first I started with the GST and I had that front wheel drive turbo and it was nice, but, you know, everybody knows spinning ain't winning. So I moved (laughs) on to all wheel drive, you know, so I was like, all right, GSX platform. And my first one was a six bolt engine. It was a 99 Eclipse. And I blew that thing up bad. <laughs> so I moved on to the older platform, which was actually the last Eclipse that I had. Uh, it, that was a 92 GSX and about 400 horsepower to the wheels. And at the time, that was that was fast. You know, we're talking 14, 15 years ago when I had this car. And, uh, you know, 30 pounds of boost, running an FP turbo on it. And at that time, I figured it was the the best car for me. And then I still would continually lose by a Subaru. (laughs) Someone would have a fast Subaru in the area and I wanted to contend with it and I just couldn't. So then were you like time to get into something that's, that can win? Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, and they kind of had that appeal to them as well. You know, I mean, um, I do like my eclipses and I, you know, I like the Evos and whatnot, but I kind of like all cars. It's hard to not like a lot of cool cars. Yeah, of you course. Know, but uh, when it comes to that one car that has my eye, it, it's a Subaru, you know, and there's so many models and so many platforms that I was just like, ooh, I want to own that. And I want to own that. And I want to own that. And, you know, so I just moved up to, you know, to that. And that's how I kind of started and realized that, well, maybe I should pursue my passion in Subaru. You know, so that's, that's mainly where I started with, you know, the non-turbo Impreza. And then I realized that it was a very nimble car for a very small car. And I was very impressed with, you know, the traction and, uh, you know, the get up and go on it, but not just that it actually was pretty reliable. I mean, it got me around for all the abuse I was given. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you mentioned, you know, all these different models and platforms and everything. The next question that you had on your list that people ask you is how did you get so many cars? Wow. I think just sheer will and dumbness. <laughs> I, 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 you know, you get, you kind of get blinders, you know, when you see you want something and, you know, and you don't want to hear what everybody else feels you should be doing. And you have this passion and you just move towards it. And I just, that's really what kind of pushed me towards getting all the cars that I had is seeing somebody doing cool things with them and wanting to, you know, to get on that, that passion train, you know, and I, I I would see something like that and I would be like, Hey, that looks awesome. Let's go for that. And that's basically what you always did. You know, you just kind of move focus plus that in the ADD or the ADHD I have. So (laughs) how many cars would you say (laughs) that you've had? Or I guess, I guess let's just stick with Subarus. Subarus? Probably 60 or 70 what? ish easily. Wow. Yeah. So well, actually when I, I quit my job, um, I, I retired from, you know, about 20 years in auto body collision repair. And I, I decided actually got permission from, from the wife that uh, I could start a YouTube channel. And so I quit, came home, brought all my tools home. And I started in my little single bay garage that was attached to the house. And 
I started doing flip cars. You know, I would buy a rusty Subaru and then I would put it on my channel and I would, sh you know, show somebody how to fix it. And then I would flip it, you know, and make, make money and basically put food on the table. And so is that what you are still doing? No, actually, I've, I've learned the power of no, but I didn't learn <laughs> that power for years. I started Rumble Garage YouTube channel about six years ago. Okay. And since then, I have transitioned into full-on custom builds somehow. Uh, it's, um, what happened was is my passion kind of over-exceeded a lot of time. You know, so it, as time progressed, I showed what I was capable of doing and it kind of bit me in the foot. Yeah. Now I'm doing crazy extravagant stuff you've never seen before. And I enjoy that. That's actually what I, I thoroughly enjoy is doing things that you just never have seen before. Yeah. You've, uh, you've been tagging me in your posts, which is really cool. Cause then I can see like what it is that you're working on and you've uh, oh, got a lot of stuff going on. Appreciate that. Lots of projects. I appreciate you tagging me, keeping me Man, up to you got, date. You got an awesome channel. I love what you do for the community. Thank you. Know, you. I love how tight knit everything is. It's great. Yeah, it's it's fun because I get a chance to connect with a lot of different people, and then I get a chance to give people a place to share their passion and their journey, and you know, get the people in the community that are listening that have connected with all these other people a chance to hear their voice and learn more about them and hopefully meet somebody new, you know, and get connected with somebody new. Absolutely. And that's the best thing about it, to be honest. You know, I've been listening to a lot of your, your podcast that you have, and you can certainly hear the passion from all of these Subaru owners. And that's, I think that is the most ideal thing that keeps the community so real. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the next questions is how did you get so many car parts? That is probably just from time. I, a lot of times I would buy a car that was modified, but you know, of, of course with Subarus, we have to battle rust a lot. So I would buy a car that would maybe drive onto the trailer, but wasn't necessarily safe to be driven on the road anymore. So it would have a lot of modifications on it. And those of course would just come right off and then get stored away. And me being a hoarder that I am, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I've accumulated a lot. I uh, I really should be starting to list a lot of them and get rid of them. I've got a whole second level of my garage that's literally just dedicated to part storage. But I'm guessing a lot, all those parts are a good number of those parts are probably helping you with some of your custom work that you're doing, right? They really do. Um, to be honest, because I've had the ability to just stock everything and store everything and have it all organized as I need it, I can just walk upstairs and grab it and it really speeds the process up. Yeah, no, that's good. Good for being more efficient and, you know, just ease of having stuff there to, to work with. Absolutely. Plus, I also I keep it to help a lot of people. And I think that's what's really helped me kind of get my name out there is I'm willing to help a lot of people. And a lot of times I don't even charge for the parts. If they had been sitting there for a couple of years, I'm not even using them. You know, if you need yeah. them here, here you go. Pay shipping. You know, I'll throw them in a box. Nice. Too easy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So you kind of talked about this a little bit, but I don't know if there's any more you can add to it. But the next question is, how did you get here? 
Well, well, my mom I, I and think... my dad. <laughs> <laughs> they were nice people. <laughs> well, um, to be honest, I, I have this dream and it's a silly dream, but it's something that I've always thought that I could achieve in my lifetime. And that was to be well known for what I could do. There's a lot of famous builders out there that are known for their craft and what they do. And I wanted to be that guy, you know, and that's really what I strive for. So I think if I just continuously, you know, have discipline, the motivation always just seems to come. Yeah. That's not a silly dream though. Yeah. One day I hope, yeah. I hope one day I'll be known as a, a really famous Subaru builder. I think you're getting there. I mean, you're doing some stuff that is pretty unique. So I think that will start Thank to you. take notice by people and like, hey, I want him to do that for me. Or can you help me do that? You know, right, right. And I think what I want to do is I've really slowed down a lot of progress because I was helping friends build their cars. And in that process, that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of time away from me as well. Yeah. I want to get back to uploading on my YouTube channel to where I am helping people more and guiding them along the processes a lot more, you know, because I mean, that's how I started. And I think that that was very joyful for me. And that's really what I've been building up to is that process of getting back to just where I started, you know, I would like to be able to just help people as much as possible because, you know, you take the knowledge to the grave, it doesn't help everybody else. Yeah. And it's really nice too. And that's one of the things I think is great about this community because I'm more in the off-road community because I have a cross trek and that's most of the people that I've connected with, but like everybody is so helpful with their mods. You know, you, there's something that you want to do. You can reach out to somebody and be like, Hey, I'm not sure how to do this. Can you help me out? And everybody so far has been very helpful and instrumental in making sure that we achieve what we want to do with our builds. That's my favorite part about the community, to be honest. It's, it's like a family to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it, what's really cool too, is you can, connect with somebody, like just start a chat. And then within like 20 minutes, you're like best friends, you know? I know. Like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> so then you have like these best friends, like all over the place, right. you know? And right. It's... it's fantastic. Yeah. And it's, it's so quick and it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And I've said this many times on the podcast, but you connect with people all over the place. It's such that you could go somewhere, any, pretty much anywhere in the country and meet up with somebody. Yes. Absolutely. Just because of the brand and the passion, which is amazing how this community works so well. You know, I never, we never had that in the Mitsubishi world or any other car platform. There was never, and I don't think there still is the type of community that Subaru has. And I think that was the main draw, the main lure that brought me in was, wow, why is everybody so nice? Like it was, it was blowing me away. Like, everybody's so nice and they're so helpful and they just want to, you know, help you win. And I'm like, this is it. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And I've heard that from other people too, that have been in other car communities that being there and being with Subaru, there's like Subaru is just completely different. And, you know, so it much really is so many just very genuine people and very helpful people and uh, people Absolutely. you can connect with and call family, your second family. For real. So the next one was, how did you get so talented? 
that I have to give all of the credit to my family. Uh, my mom's side is completely focused on a lot of automotive and motorcycle background. So I was raised around wrenching a lot. So I would say that, uh, and um, the, the family has always had a collision repair body shop Oh, my whole life. Yeah. Nice. So I was literally raised around the craft, whether I liked it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you had yeah. all these great resources growing up and it's just, it almost like they say about certain things, it's just kind of in your blood almost. A hundred percent. You know, to be honest, then I didn't realize how blessed I was with all of the spoon fed information I was getting, you know, I just, I just didn't want to work, you know, I didn't even <laughs> want to push a broom then I want to just go ride my bike and play and yeah. be a kid, you know, but yeah, you know, they, they were, they were turning me into a man and, you know, and trying to make me realize what life was all about. And, you know, you age quick, Bill, you need to figure it out now, you know, so that, that I have to say it all goes to my family. Yeah. And that's uh, that's great. You said earlier, you said family is everything everything. Yeah. How did you get so smart is the next question. I pride myself on my intelligence. <laughs> I had a man tell me, I forget his name. I wish I could remember it, but he, he was a good guy. He taught me a lot of things that gave me a lot of self-evaluation. Um, you're able to kind of add a body, think about how you're acting and that really showed me that the smarter you are, the easier life is. And I was like, wow. When he said that, I was like, you're right. You know, because a lot of times we battle emotional problems when in fact, if we just thought about it, we wouldn't have had to go through the emotional roller coaster that we did. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good point. And then the next question is, how did you get so many followers? A go-kart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had 3,500 followers before I started building the, uh, the Subaru Brat go-kart project that I'm doing. So I was doing my typical Subaru platform stuff, you know, trying to put the content out, trying to put it out. And uh, I decided I'm going to do a passion project and do something for myself. So I acquired a 1978 Subaru Brat go-kart. They're extremely vintage. They come from the Subaru dealership. Oh. They actually, they gave them away as incentives to buy cars. It was amazing. So you pull up to a dealership. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know those existed until you posted that. I, and I was a still questioning it. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people don't. I uh, actually, I just acquired my second one. I'm trying to get a third one. They came in three original colors, which were red, yellow, and brown. Uh, they're, they're pretty hard to find in mint condition. They go anywhere between a thousand and $1,500. Okay. Nice. Yeah. They're not too bad, but, uh, I decided the vintage look just wasn't for me. It was, I was going to update it. And, uh, I, I didn't want to destroy the actual body itself. So I figured I'm going to make a wide body off of this go-kart and then I'll make a mold. I'll make a full carbon fiber body and then I'll, I'll custom make my own car, you know, my go-kart chassis. And then I'm going to take my Yamaha warrior, which is a six speed 350 CC four wheeler. 
I'm going to cannibalize that and I'm going to put that into the go-kart and build a shifter cart, drift cart. Wow. I figured, I figured, all right, that'd be pretty cool. So I started that project, started uploading. And before you knew it, 28,000 followers. Wow. So is that, is that one completed now or are you still working on that one? Still working on it. Um, the body is, is about done as far as the shape wise. Um, I've got a little bit of body filler that I've got to do some shaping on the rear fenders, but other than that, the ideal shape is there. I'm getting close to being able to do the mold on it. I just have to figure out how to do the two piece mold process so I can split it down the middle. So I'm able to have one piece of carbon fiber, make the entirety of the body. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. I've seen, I haven't looked into that too much. I know you've posted about it, but now I think I'm going to look into it a little bit more and see what you've got going on there. I think it's going to be pretty fun. Yeah. Actually I had, um, Go-Kart USA. I think a lot of people have heard of them. Uh, they actually reached out to me and they asked if they could buy the bodies once they were finished. So that's also something that I get to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, Very, very cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you start something and you just never know where it's going to lead. You know, when you do something that you just like, oh, I'm just going to do this for fun and I'm going to do something for me and, you know, just... Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that's the way it seems to happen with a lot of people with certain things. You know, they just yep. have an idea about something, and then it can turn into either a business or just you never know, or just opportunities right. for other things right. in their life. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of what happened with the podcast. You know, I had the idea to just do it and start getting people on here to talk about their builds and. I was just, when I first started it, the only thing I was really thinking about, because I didn't, I wasn't talking to a whole lot of people, but I saw what really sparked it was seeing people listing all their mods. And I was thinking like, it'd be interesting to talk to these people about like why they chose the certain mods that they did and, you know, why they went with that specific brand, but also just to talk about their build. You know, I didn't really think when I first started it, well, it's figure out like what your journey was into Subaru. I mean, I had like some standard questions that I started asking, like, how did you find out about Subaru? Why did you buy the Subaru that you bought? Things like that. But then it really started very quickly getting into talking about the person behind the car and, or the account. And so, you know, but I mean, doing the podcast has given me opportunities. I mean, Subaru of America flew me out to Boxer Fest in 2021. They flew me out to... Yeah, they flew me out to SubiFest, California last year. And I was at uh, SubiFest, Texas this year interviewing some dealerships. I got introduced to Bucky Lassick out at BoxerFest, so that was really cool. Oh, he's a great guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 been, uh, it's been really neat. So the next question that was on your list is, how did you get so happy? Family. Right back to family again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, uh, my son, when my son was born, um, he gives me a huge inspiration every single day to just create the best world I can for him. Yeah. Does he help you with your builds? Every once in a while, I can get him off the PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's there. Now that he's getting older, he's showing so much more interest. He actually just joined a uh, a tech like after after school program 
oh, for nice. tech class and whatnot. And I guess last year they built a, a drift trike and they oh, made him fine. president. So he's got to come up with an idea of something to build and whatnot. And of course he name dropped his dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think I'm going to get roped into helping him a little bit, but to be honest, I'm looking forward to it. I think that's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, it's something, just another way for you to be involved in what he's doing. Oh, hundred percent. So the next question they asked is how do you have so many projects? I cannot sit still. I, there's something about sitting still that to me is extremely boring. I don't, I'm not a big like TV person. I've got my shows just like any other person, you know, I'm dedicated to, but I can't sit there and just marathon and marathon and marathon. I've got to be out and be in doing something productive because I get this really guilty feeling uh-huh. that I should be doing more. And that, that, that <laughs> oh, guilt right feeling, I, oh man, that, so you can relate, you know, like oh, overachieving. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's nights where I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just going to sit and watch TV and I'll grab my laptop and I'll start mm-hmm. like editing an episode or I'll start yeah. coming up with questions or I'm like, okay, like last night, like I'm just going to go to bed, but then I'm like, okay, tomorrow's wheel Wednesday. I have a wheel sponsor, so I have to come up with something. So instead of going to bed, I came in here and started working right. on a little project for that post. And yeah, I mean, that happens a lot where I'm like, it's nonstop. I'm going to watch really TV is. and then I never yeah. end up watching TV. I sit yeah. there in front of the TV and I'll turn it on and then I never end up going to anything. Right. Right. I'll turn Netflix on and I swear I just stare at all the pictures of the movies. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, I'll turn the TV on, I go to Netflix. Yeah. And then I open up my laptop and Netflix just sits there and then the TV eventually yep. turns off. That's it. That's background. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> the concept of making time is yeah. what people a lot of people don't understand is sacrificing sleep. Oh, that's, that's hard. really, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't have time for that. Well, you need to sacrifice more sleep then, you know, yeah. and that's the thing is how bad do you want it? Well, yeah, I mean, so, uh, was it Tuesday night I recorded with, was it Tuesday night or Monday night? I can't remember. No, it was, it was Monday night. I recorded with Carrie and Dorothy. They are doing the rebel rally and they are on uh, California time. And so they said, Oh, we can record at eight because they were out doing one of their runs. And mm-hmm. so it was 10 o'clock my time. So I recorded with them at 10. And then my, I usually, cause I put it out as a bonus episode and I usually put out bonus episodes on Fridays. And, but I'm like, you know what? They're like in the middle of this thing right now. They're going to be closer to being done on Friday. They're trying to raise money for what they're doing. And so I'm like, I really should put this out now. So I stayed up till like 2 a.m. getting it finished up and posted. That's awesome. That's so, awesome. Anything so yeah. to help. Yeah. And, you know, but it's, again, it's that passion and that guilt of not doing something that right. you feel like you should be right. doing. Where That feeling, I tell you. <laughs> it, it gets yeah. you up. It gets it, you out of that chair. You know, you're like, you know, I really could be doing more, you know, so I go, I go do more, you know. Yeah. Now, if I could only feel guilty about not working out as much, then, you know. (laughs) Oh, man, don't remind me of that. I got a gym downstairs I don't even touch. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So uh, 
Why do people come to you is the next question. They know I will help them. I don't turn anybody away. I will help every single person that just asks, you know, because I, a lot of people feel like, and I've got this a lot. I just don't want to bother you, Bill. I know you're busy, you know, and I wish people would understand that you're not bothering me. You know, if you need help, you truly need help. Don't go searching on Facebook for help because most of the time you're going to get 22 different answers of how to do it. Yeah. When in fact, I'll just tell you what's wrong and then this is what you need to do. And if I don't know, I'll research it and then I will send you what I found because I'm not trying to fake information. I just want to learn with you as well. You yeah. know, the, the, the best way to do it is just help people. And then that word of mouth just kind of, it got out that, well, he'll actually answer you, you know, he'll actually help you. And honestly, I love that. It's, it's very self-fulfilling. Yeah. And it just goes back to the community being helpful with each other and being there for each other and getting excited Absolutely. for getting excited for each other because we, we all started with nothing, you know, just a, a yeah, pretty absolutely. much. A, and, and especially like, I, I mean, on both sides, I'm sure, but you start off with a car that's stock. And if you don't mm -hmm. know anything about mods, if you don't know anything about the community, you can feel overwhelmed, especially when you see so many right, right. built up cars and out there. There's always bad apples too in every community that's always going yeah. to, you know, shun the younger generation immediately. And it, to me, I can't stand bullies. I can't stand it at all. I don't like gatekeepers as well. Like if you're going to withhold information to me, I don't understand it. You know, what benefit does that have for you to just not tell someone yeah. the truth, you know? Yeah. Like I said, we, we get excited for each other, you know, you right, just, you, right. somebody says, Oh, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Like, Oh, really? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. And, you know, even with the people that are just coming into the community and that might feel intimidated and they're like, uh, I don't really know what I want to do. Because I've told people, too, like, if you don't know what you want to do, if you don't have a lot of money, like, get decals for your Subaru. Because it's a really right. inexpensive way to personalize your car and mm -hmm. make it stand out and different from others. And there's so many different options that you can use and, and come up with. 100%. 100%. You know, and everybody should be able to feel safe to, you know, to customize their cars and whatnot, you know, and it's, it's one of those things like, actually, I just started um, a Facebook group called uh, Real Subaru Mechanics, because I don't know if you know about the Facebook group Subaru Mechanics. I it know. is, it's very toxic group. Um, a lot of people are going on there to try and find help for, you know, for fixing their cars. And a lot of people are just bashing them for that. And so I started the group, the real Subaru, you know, real Subaru mechanics. And it's literally a safe place for anyone that is trying to fix your Subaru. We, our group chat is amazing. We don't have any issues. People aren't fighting. Nobody attacks anybody. We're at almost 3000 members already. Wow. And I just, started it and it's it's working it's it's such a great community in that group so i feel like that was the main reason why i started that because i really started to see how facebook groups were becoming you know so i figured i'm going to admin this and i'm going to i'm going to add 
all of my friends that are like-minded to be moderators and admins to help me go in this direction to be able to have a safe place for Subaru owners that are new and old. Because everybody, the real Subaru mechanic is the guy who wants to help you fix it. That's a real mechanic. Yeah. So that's that's a place where you go. You know, even if you're just learning, ask a simple question and you'll get a simple answer. No one's going to belittle you. Not at all. And that's why I love the group so far. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. Well, everybody knows where to go now. Yeah. hundred percent. I hope they all do. Good. Yeah. Join the, join the chat on there too. If you okay. want answers. Yeah. All right. So the next question was, why are you still relevant? Who am I relevant? Probably because I focus on things that don't exist. The, uh, the center exit exhaust build I did, it's that, that's been a long build, long transition for that as well. That's a friend of mine. That car has been touch everything, do everything to your best ability, build the sickest Subaru you could possibly build. And I think I have been achieving that with that car. You know, and I've been getting back to that car a lot lately. I've been putting in a ton of work on it. And I think generating content on a daily basis, if not every other day, keeps me relevant because my focus, honestly, is quality over quantity. You know, I don't necessarily have to post every day, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to make sure that it's something that I feel is quality. You know, I mean, I don't... I kind of, I get a little upset when people are posting like what they're eating that day, you know, I'm just like, (laughs) this is is not why I subscribe to you. You know, like people want to see what you're doing, what you're capable of, but not just that everybody wants to be wowed, you know? So I I really like to show people a, the process, you know, I do a lot of time lapses on my Instagram. So that way you can see from the very get go of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. I don't like to hide anything. Yeah, that's good. And the next one was, where was, oh, how are you still growing? Seems like that might tie into a lot of stuff you've already said. Yeah, I think so. You know, a lot of it is probably just because I, I, I do ask a lot of people what, what they like and their opinions and, and go with that as well. And I think giving back has helped as well. Like I, right now I've got a giveaway going. I make battery relocation kits it's like a dimpled dye hand fabricated tray that I make out of 16 gauge steel. I provide oh, yeah. all the wiring, all the clamps, everything. And uh, I reached out to Bucky Lassett, got onto his website and uh, I bought one of his battery tie downs and uh, I included that in with it. And I figured I'm, I'm going to gain all these followers, you know, cause the bar was, was going crazy on uh, Instagram for quite some time. And I was gaining followers quick. So I was like, well, we'll make it a 30K giveaway since I'm already at 28,000 followers. Yeah. So I said, you know, all right, I'll do that. And then it stopped. <laughs> it stopped climbing. <laughs> no. So, yeah. So I just I just made a post on my story and said, hey, guys, by the way, you know, we didn't reach the 30K. Not a problem. We're sitting at 28K, but I'm just going to go ahead and pick a winner this Friday. And nice. we're, we're going to give that thing away. That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. That way somebody can get a battery relocation kit, you know, and help their build. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, you could be one of those guys be like, yeah, you know, I haven't made it 30,000 yet. So you're just gonna have to wait. Right. Can you imagine? 
like that. Yeah. You know, I evaluated it and I was like, you know, this isn't fair, you know, because there are a lot of people that entered for this giveaway. And, you know, I wasn't charging any money. It's free. I just said, Hey, put your name, you know, and tag down in the bottom, tag somebody and uh, share, you know, share it to your story. And that was all I was asking for. And that I got you entered. So I'm going to go through it. I'm probably going to have my son flip through it and randomly pick a winner and nice. we're going to yeah. give it away. Good. Yeah, that's good. All right. Uh, the next one is how do you do so well? Ooh, how do I do so well? I guess that, that's probably, you know, staying disciplined is probably the main factor in doing so well. There's days that I don't even want to get up. There's days I don't even want to do anything. And then I realized that discipline is more important than motivation. And, and maybe that guilty feeling starts creeping in. That guilty <laughs> feeling. Wow. You know it. You really do. You know, and I, it, I'll tell you what I had, I had a gentleman that, uh, back when I was doing collision repair that I worked with, his name was Tim. I won't drop his last name. He'll, he'll kill me. All so right. Tim, Tim used to always help me and guide me. And I was younger, you know, I'm still learning. And I used to always tell him I wanted to do all these things and do all these things. And then one day he dropped his keys in the center of his console and he told me to try and get his keys. And I reached in there and I grabbed those keys and he said, no, I said, try to get those keys. And I looked at him and he grabbed the keys from me and he put them back in the center console and he says, try to get the keys. And I, I was like, is this a trick? And he goes, listen, there's only do's and don'ts, man. You either do it or you don't do it. There is no trying. And I was like, wow. Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Very harsh man. But I tell you what, you learn from your elders. You really do. And he, you know, he's, that's, that's the way he's raised, you know, and, and that I took, I took a lot from that. And I think that resonates in my mind more than anything else is you either do it or you don't. You know, and, and like you said, that guilty feeling, it makes you do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Then let's see what's the next one. How are you putting up constant content? You kind of answered that a little bit, but if you want to mm -hmm. go into more depth on that, you can. To be honest, you know, you got to think about like other people want you to look at their content as well. And I love looking at other people's content because it gives me inspiration not just, you know, from what they're doing, but also like what is actually relevant at the time, you know, and it gives me motivation by looking at other people, even if it's not anything that I'm doing, particularly, I'll go through 30 or 40 different pages and be like, wow, now I want to go do something, you know, because I'm seeing like all these creative content creators that are just putting out awesome content and it honestly just inspires me to do it so i think that's the reason why i continuously do it is because i'm inspired by everybody else as well yeah and then you in turn are going to inspire somebody and absolutely it's full circle yeah and then they uh another one was how do you keep going family family yeah you know you get to a point where people depend on you and you have to be dependable. You know, you have to do what you say and say what you do. 
And then the last one was, you, you really just answered, but it was how do you have, or how do you constantly have motivation? And you kind of answered that with, uh, you know, putting out the content because you're looking through other people's stuff and yeah, staying motivated by what you're seeing from other people. That, and, you know, and I'm, life is, you know, a lot of people will say life is short. And I honestly don't think that. I think life is long. You know, I think life is full of opportunities. Life is exactly what you want it to be. And I have this fear of dying. I don't want to die. I want to, I want to achieve all these things. So that's what I strive for, you know, because anything can happen at any time. You know, people take for granted just leaving their house and don't realize that just leaving your house, you just risked your life because someone else could take you out. Yeah. You know, so it's, I really strive to do everything that I want to do because nobody wants deathbed regrets. No. Yeah. We were, we were talking about that the other night and, uh, yeah. like that, but yeah. So, uh, so we got those questions answered now I'll get to more of mine. So, but I'm sure all you've right. seen all sorts of Subarus come through your shop, as you said, 60 or 70 <laughs> and, you know, and, and I'm sure you probably get out to events and stuff to see builds, but what is your favorite Subaru model of all time? Ooh, my dream car. My favorite Subaru model would be a 22B. It, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I, uh, one of those things where it's also another crazy dream to own one. I, uh, I'm just like, I gotta have one before I die. <laughs> Might not be so crazy, you know? I mean, you yeah, know. you know, uh, Hey, I could fix wrecks. Find me a wrecked one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That, that's the way to get in, you know, give me that mechanic special. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that's how it's gotta be, that's how it's gotta be. Yeah. I think right now, uh, the, the main goal is probably just build built something of that nature. You know, we all go after the, the 22 B kits and whatnot, and we have the ability to, to build our own, you know, and some guys will call it the poor man's 22 B. I call it a dream. Yeah. You know, it's something hey. I, I strive for. Yeah. So we were chatting the other night and you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but you said that you were scared to death to start rumble garage. Why? Oh, scary, super scary to, Put yourself out there is probably one of the scariest things that I think a human being can do because we always have this thing called self-doubt. And, you know, we put this infrastructure in our head that maybe we're not good enough. You know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should just go get a nine to five, you know, and, and just do that. It was scary. It was extremely scary. I, I walked away from a career that was, you know, potentially killing my body and realized that I'm going to go towards my passion. But in the same process, I was like, wow, I just quit my job. Like, this is, this is scary. This has to work. Yeah. Yeah. And you, how are you still going? That might be one of them, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, it's been tough. You know, I mean, at the time that I did that, my son was five years old, you know? So it, it wow. was, it was a very, very hard decision, you know, and I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't be where I am now as far as Rumble Garage goes without my wife, without her. I literally, there's just no way, you know, without her support, it's been amazing, you know, and, 
everyone's always like, oh, you know, the support of a good woman. No, they're right. Oh, they're, 100%. They're really, they're, you know, like, wow, like, holy cow, you meet a good woman, like a real woman who is really there for you. You'd be surprised what you can do in life. It's yeah. amazing. Oh, no, I I totally agree. I mean, because that is something scary and you're quitting your job. And like you said mm -hmm. earlier on, you've got a family to look after and for her to be behind that and be behind you and be and support your dream. That's huge. And, you know, unfortunately, not everybody has that. And for the people that do, you know, you're very blessed. Oh, my God. You have no idea. I think about that <laughs> on a constant basis. Like, I feel like, you know, that's why I honestly feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, because of the path that, you know, it, I went through, you know, I'm a firm believer. Everything happens for a reason, you know, so I'm going to go strong with this path. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. I'm enjoying the journey. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, you got to enjoy it, you know? Yeah. I love it. Where did you come up with the name Rumble Garage? And were there other names in that you considered? Actually, Rumble Garage hit me like a train wreck. It was just, what am I going to do? Rumble Garage. You know, it was, what can I affiliate to Subaru-only content? And, of course, what do you think of with Subarus? Is that Rumble? You know, so I was, well, I got Rumble and I got a garage. So it was just kind of like put these two together. I think the hardest thing that I had to evaluate with Rumble Garage was my logo that I came up with. That I think had more transitions and scrap <laughs> paper to wet in the garbage than anything. And did you did I, you uh, come up with it on your own? I did. I did. It actually took me three months. I worked on it every day. Wow. As, uh, yeah, passionate on that logo. I, I honestly, I will. I will probably be buried with that logo. I love my logo so much. The fact that you can look <laughs> at it and and be like, that's a Subaru engine, oh, you yeah. know, and also it's a garage. So yeah. it's, that's, that was the the beauty of it, you know? So I went through many different, you know, aspects of what it could look like. And of course I had it overdrawn most of the time. So I, I kind of had it cleaned up by a friend of mine who lives in, actually he lives in Texas. His name's Lewis. He ended up cleaning it all up for me and, and making it nice and sent it back to me and, and helped me out, you know, and nice. I, you know, again, I met him through the Subaru community, you know, and he was just like, Hey man, you helped me with so much information. Like even still to this day, I help him, you know, he'll message me and be like, Hey, how do you do this? And this is how you do it. So it's, it's, that's the beauty of it, you know, and he helped me, I helped him, you know, and, and that's what makes the community so, so work so well, I guess you can say. Yeah. And that's like, so for me doing the podcast and like other people that I know that are doing certain things, it's, it's always like, Hey, what, what can I do to help you out? Or you find out that somebody's doing something for you and they didn't even tell you. And it's like, you, wow. You, you kind of become speechless where it's like, I know like enamored, like, yeah, by it, like, wow. Yeah, I mean, there's this, there's this guy, he goes, his name is Jeff, he goes by Slow Subies, and he makes mm -hmm. these 3D printed, uh, like, badges of my podcast logo, and he just started doing it, and then he was like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm making these 3D printed badges, and because I stole your logo, and I'm like, 
what really <laughs> like <laughs> that's so awesome man that and is then, awesome yeah and then there's a guy uh his name is tom and he has a newsletter called subi adventures and every when he puts it out every month he does a subi new podcast rewind that's legit yeah, where he just he puts in the episodes from the past month and yeah. does a little synopsis of them. And like, I didn't ask him to do that. He's just like, hey, I'm doing this newsletter and I'm going to put you in there. And then there's That's an- fantastic. Yeah, there's another guy that is working on a project right now. And he has part of part of like the main piece of this is the podcast. And so it's just like, it's crazy that, that when you have people that are just like, and that that means that they're obviously passionate and they enjoy what I'm doing. Yes. And yes. so for them to just like do that on their own is like right. that just speaks volumes, you know, and it's just the support that you get for something that you're doing and and trying to find ways to collaborate with other people. It's like and like for me, you know, I I like to use my quote unquote influence to help other people out like, hey, let me get you in touch with this person because I have contacts with them. And yes. so I yes. love doing that for other people as well. Same, same. I'll be like, Hey, tell them Bill sent you. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, I do that all the time. Like, yeah. Like it gets you in the door, you know, like, Hey, get to know this guy, you know, and he's going to help you. Yeah. I mean, so I, I've told the story before, but when I was out at Boxer Fest, I had just met Bucky. So it's not like we had any kind of rapport or anything, but mm-hmm. so there was this guy named Greg. He uh, goes by Adventure Dad Wagon and he used to have a, he used to have a really nice 2.6 Outback. I think it was a 2016 or something. I mean, he had, this thing was really nice. So he was like, Hey, if, do you think there's any way you could like introduce me to Bucky? And I said, yeah, I think I probably could. And so I saw Bucky walk, doing a walk around a car because, you know, he's always like filming cars mm-hmm, for because mm-hmm. he does his YouTube videos for all the events. And so when he was done, I just happened to see Greg was coming back from when they were announcing the awards. So it was like perfect timing. And so there's Bucky. He had just gotten done doing his little walk around. And I was like, hey, Bucky, would you mind coming and meeting my friend? And so, like, right as I said that, Greg is coming up. So I introduced the two of them. They started talking. And then Bucky was like, yeah, let's go look at your your Outback. And he goes and looks at it. And now Greg's Outback is in the 2021 Bucky Out video of Boxer Fest. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's that is great. It's like, you know, having connections is is nice because then you can help things happen for other people. And then it it makes you feel good to be like, I kind of made this person's day, you know. Right, right. I have kind of a, a similar story, actually. It was uh same ordeal. Hey, can you introduce me to Bucky? And it was after a boxer fest. And uh he my buddy had a uh Subaru hatchback that he had all done up like a cop car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's, that's Red Fox on uh, Instagram. His his name is Cody. Okay. And uh, so we, we all went to boxer fest together and he was like, you know, what would you think, you know, Bucky would think about my car? And I was like, why don't we just show them? You know? So was this in 2021? It sure was. I saw yeah. you, so I must have been, you must have been right there yeah. because I saw yeah. Bucky talking to him and right. he, cause he signed the dash, didn't he? 
You sure did. Yeah, yeah I sure saw that did. whole thing yeah. go down. I was kind of standing yeah. back because I was waiting to talk to Bucky about something else. And I watched that whole thing happen. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Dude, yeah. I could have met you then. Didn't even know. I know, it. right? What? <laughs> yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Because does yeah, he still it was have such that? a good opportunity. Does he still have so that? So he car? actually ended up selling the hatch. That's what I thought. He sold the hatch, but now he's got a Subaru Justy that he's going to be going absolutely ham on. He's going to go crazy with it. He wants to do a full build. He's been trying to bring it up to the shop, but I've been telling him I got a lot of projects right now. So we're, we're holding off on that, but that car is going to be pretty crazy. He's supposed to be putting it together and driving it and enjoying it actually for a little bit before, oh, uh, nice. before I, before I chop it up. <laughs> yeah. Before you get a hold of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's cool. What is, uh, okay. So we were talking earlier, but you said that rumble garage isn't your business. Yeah. No business. I am a glorified hobbyist. I, but, but do you, I mean, do you get, you get paid by people, right? To... Yeah. PayPal, you know, for, for doing like a tub kit or something like that, you know, other yeah. than that, that's, that's really about it. To be honest, I probably pay more out of pocket to do most of the things that I do generated, which is wild. I, not a lot of money is being made on my side. We'll just say that a lot of it is just it's just passion. You know, mm -hmm. I kind of figured the money would come later, but for the amount of like parts that I may sell or tub kits, I may sell or relocations that I try to help somebody out with that'll pretty much keep food in the house. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, like what's been the most challenging thing about running rumble garage time, um, touch time, I would say, uh, allotting myself the amount of time to put on each project. If I don't put, you know, a, a certain amount of touch time on, on each project, they just sit there. They're not getting done. So scheduling my time is probably the hardest thing I can possibly do, which is why I stopped making all of my tubs and all of my relocation kits, because as much passion as I have in making those for people, I, I don't have time. I really don't. You know, right now I'm trying to get to the point where I'm not doing full builds anymore. I don't, I don't want to build cars for people anymore. It's really robbed passion, you know, because friends have turned into enemies over time because they don't understand the process of how long it actually takes to take a rusted and rotted Subaru and make it a dream car. You know, so it's, you were talking earlier about with your, with your, I guess your posts and everything and content, that quality over quantity. I mean, the quality Every has to be time. there. I mean, I'm guessing it like when you're, when you're doing a build, it's, it seems like you're somebody that's like, this has to be exact. Like it can't just be like, oh, it's right. a little bit off and I'll be okay with that. Like, no, right. I have to get this right. It has to be perfect. And I think that was one of the things that I battled with the most when the, you know, the collision industry was I saw a lot of bad repairs go out. And a lot of times I would have to stay after hours on my own time to make sure that these customers were getting their cars done, but repaired. So they weren't rotting away three years later yeah. because, you know, that body work will last. Like I could take two inches of body filler and everybody knows that it's Bondo, 
you know, I can take two inches of that and I can make it to where it lasts for a year or two. And then a year or two down the road, no body shop is going to do any kind of refund or repair on that after that allotted time. And that's what a lot of the body shops are doing is they're just getting them in and getting them out, getting them in and getting them out. And it's not right. I learned that I would rather take my time and do it in a passionate way, which is the right way, and just make it to where it lasts forever, but show people in the process that they can do it themselves too. You know, you don't necessarily have to pay thousands of dollars to have somebody do it the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So what's been the most rewarding about doing it? Meeting the people. Yeah. People. Yeah. People, people, you know, the the people have been great. To be honest, I think uh, the more people I can meet, the better, you know, because you get to see so many aspects and so many passionate views of the brand that I never even thought about. Yeah, I, yeah, it's like for me, I and I mean, just with the community in general, I enjoy meeting people, you know, when I get a chance to. But being able to meet people because of the podcast, you know, getting out to events and stuff that's like that's even better especially when i can get out and record with people in person but yeah i mean i i've mentioned it on my podcast but i've met over 50 of my guests which is really that's cool. awesome yeah that's awesome and i want to like I, so one of my goals for next year is to make it up to wicked big meat because i haven't made it up there yet and i've had people asking me for like the past three wow. three years you know hey you're gonna come up to wicked big meat and i tried to go this past year but just wasn't able to make it happen so next year, I'm just going to, you know, keep looking at the calendar for flights. And as soon as, because like I got fly Southwest and, you know, it only goes out so much, so far. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I see that it goes out to June, because that's usually when Wicked Big Meat is, then, and I, and, and we have an actual date for it. I'm just going to book the flight and just, just do it. You got to go, man. It's, yeah. it's the best show. It really is. Well, and there's so a lot of people that want want me to come up there, and there's a lot of people up there that I want to meet. I mean, there's <laughs> quite a few people up that go yeah. that have been on the podcast, yep. so it'll be really cool to see so many people in be. person. And it'll yeah. be a different dynamic for me going this time because, you know, going to Boxer Fest, I didn't really know anybody. I knew that guy Greg, and I ran into a few other people that I'd connected with, and then when I went to Subi Fest, California, I knew a lot more people. And because there was a mm-hmm. lot of people out there that I knew. And and that was really fun. Subi Fest, Texas, a few people like here and then other people that I got to meet. But Wicked Big Meat, these people that I've been talking to now for over two years. years it's, yeah. It's going to be, that's going to be really cool. So I'm that's looking forward awesome, to man. that. Yeah. That's yeah. good. I hope that pops off for you. Yeah. You know, dude, I tell you what, man, Wicked Big Meat is by far my favorite Subaru show. I look forward to that. Well, then I'll see you there too. Yeah, absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Uh, so what is the, what's been the most challenging build you've ever had? The most challenging is the one I'm working on now. Yeah. The center exit. Yes. So that's when, um, aesthetics and form or form over function, I, I guess I should say kicks in. Um, I, I had a, a, key plan of how I want it to look and it's got to look a certain way. So I made it look that way. And now I got to make everything around it function. Yeah. 
which has been like, I'm like, oh, okay. Like for instance, I want the exhaust tips to come out where the rear license plate used to live. Well, now where's the license plate go? And so I built this huge, you know, metal rear plate that I dimple dyed and I vented on the rear bumper, but there's not really a place for a license plate anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I decided to come up with a motorized solution and it now pops in and out of the bumper itself and just flush mounts and disappears. So that way I can still have the allotted look and he can hit a button, hit a switch and it comes right out. Good to go. So this is a customer build or. Yeah. Friend of mine had been building this car for about four or five years now. (laughs) I was going to ask how long this has been going on. Oh yeah. When it came to me. So what happened was uh, he brought it to another custom builder and what they did was they cut all of the fender wells out and then packed it all with fiberglass, all of the opening that he cut out. You know, he did all the pie cuts and then he folded all of the pie cuts over the crammed fiberglass. Then he put fender flares over that and then painted it and then told Jeff his car was done. So I got the car rotting and destroyed, cut up and abused from a previous guy that told, you know, and said that, hey, I can do this. Well, it, it snowballed at first. It was, Hey man, uh, Bill, can you put these Carlton flares on me for, you know, and it was a little build, little bolt-ons here. And then it escalated after I tore the car apart and it was like, well, while we're in here, <laughs> let's do this. And while we're in here, let's do that. And before you know it, it's become the coolest Subaru I've ever built in my life. Well, I hope he's very patient. He is <laughs> to be honest. Um, of every, of every person I have encountered during rumble garage, he is by far the most patient. And I think it's because he understands because he's already been in the modified world for a little while already, you know, like right now he's got an STI. So like he's, he's very into the brand also as well. He, he eats, sleeps and breathes Subaru also. So it's. It's his baby, you know, and I treat it like it's my baby. And that's the main thing that I think that he understands is I'm going out of my way to treat it like it's mine. Yeah. Do you have like an estimate of when you would be finished with it? I am literally trying to get it done this year. I have been pushing so hard to get it done by the end of the year. I'm really hoping to get some paint on it and then um, we can think about putting the suspension and whatnot together. Right now I'm making plans to get all of the suspension pieces powder coated and uh, I'm trying to find a guy to do all the sandblasting so I don't have to do it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So you said that you, you didn't mention this while we were talking during the episode, but you said that you're going to try to transition or maybe you're going to stop doing your, your tubs, but you said you have like a last run of them that you're doing. So I'm done. Okay. Well then, so then I guess that'll free up a little bit of time to work on his build a little more and and some other things. Yeah. So uh, the game plan right now is I've basically, as I've grown, I've decided what I wanted to do with myself. And a lot of it had to do with a book that I came across and uh rich dad poor dad 
And that really kind of opened my eyes on Bill, why are you working so hard? Like, you, you know, you'd be doing the same thing each and every year and it's, it's not paying off, you know, and you got the wife in one ear, like the money's not coming in, Bill, the passion's there, but the money's not coming in. So I have really tried transitioning towards starting a business and that's what I'm focusing on. I know on the sidelines, you know, everybody always says work in secret. That's what I'm doing. I'm building in secret so that I can eventually unveil what I have, what I'm working on right now. What I'm working on right now is extremely secretive. I have not been telling people about it, uh, mainly because I don't want someone to steal my idea. I'm a firm believer in putting things out that don't exist. So I did my research. It does not exist what i'm trying to create is actually going to change the industry dramatically when uh, we think about swaps it's one of those things that it's like you know the, the need is there and i know that they would sell if i could make them so i've got someone making a 3d printed version because i need to know if it's going to work and if it's going to work we're going straight to, to production it's going to be fun good good Excited for you. So would you say you. this, uh, you're welcome, this center exhaust has been your longest build? Yes, yeah. by far. I, uh, I have restored hot rods uh, a lot. And uh, the last hot rod I did was a 46 hot rod, and that took two and a half years. This car, it's not like the metal's not the same. Not at all. If anything, I'm working with tin you know, and all those big, all those big body hammers that I would use when I was working on, I say real cars, you know, cause they have real metal, but I <laughs> yeah, can't, yeah. I can't use those anymore. You know, it's those cars can sit in the field for a hundred years and you can still restore them. You know, you don't put a Subaru in a field for more than five years. It's gone, you know? So it's one of those things where it takes a long time to get where we are now with it. You know, I'm, I'm very close. I've got a lot of body work already done. Basically the whole car is in primer now. So I'm getting very close to finishing up the rear Carlton flares. I got to get those on and, and start doing the molding process on that and then make sure the doors open and all the body gaps are there. But then after that, it should be smooth sailing. Yeah. And you said this has been your favorite. Yes. I love this car. Yeah. Like every time I work on it, I don't want to stop. You know, I just don't, I don't want to stop because I just, I have so much passion in it because it's honestly my favorite. I call it my Mona Lisa. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I love that. We'll car. see it someday. Yeah. I'm going to cry when I got to hand the keys over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please let me drive it occasionally and bring it oh over. Oh my God. Take me for a ride. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we were chatting and you, you mentioned this earlier, but you said nowadays you don't touch something unless it doesn't exist. And you're talking about yes. just your builds and things that you're doing with the builds? Yes, and products. So I feel, why develop something if it's already developed? You know, I'm a firm believer in why fix it unless it's broken. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of companies out there that make things and do things, and that's what they're known for, you know? But there's so many other niche things that you could be known for, you know, and I'd rather fill those things, those needs, you know, because a lot of times you'll look at a lot of Subarus today and they have the same parts on them, you know, and it gets to the point almost where they're almost cookie cutter to where you go there and it's like, okay, this guy's got this and everybody's got all the same parts. 
you know, and then it kind of strays away from the custom aspect. Like, oh yeah, I got it, this custom this and this custom that, but I bought everything on Amazon and eBay, you know? So it's, it's those points that kind of, I guess, separate me from what you can just buy and what you can't buy at all. What's not available. Like, like my tubs, for instance, I've never had a competitor in six years ever. I was like, honestly, I wanted to stop making them years ago. I was hoping someone was like going to make them cheaper than I make them so I can stop <laughs> making them, you know, because it takes a long time to make them and I got to stop what I'm doing. And, you know, and the most of the time I got to order the steel and then, you know, it's just, it's very time consuming. So I've gotten to that point where my time is very valuable to me now. Yeah. Can you explain what the tub is? So a tub, a wheel tub is um, basically um, in your OEM fashion, you have inside of the engine bay, you have the OEM tub. You have the OEM wheel liner, which is steel yes. connected to the body. That gets cut out and my tub kit goes in. My tub kits were place, trace, cut, weld, and made tubs easy. So all you do is put the tub down, trace it, cut out the allotted hole and weld them in. That was real simple. I provided all of the steel that was needed so that you can basically lower your Subaru straight to the ground as much as you want and still have steer, you know, your steering clearance because you don't want to scrub. As you come down, as you lower the car, your tires are going to get closer to the OEM wheel liner. Yeah. You know, so this gives you the allotted space to go A, with a wider tire, B, with a larger diameter wheel or rim, some people call, and, you know, and be able to slam the car, you know, so that is huge for a lot of people, you know, and back in the day, a lot of race cars would just cut the wheel opening out so that they could get their wide tire in there and they just ran it. Yeah. an open engine bay. And I thought that was crazy. And coming from the hot rod world, if you wanted wide tires, you tubbed your car. So I decided, wow, let me bring all these hot rod things that I learned to import world, you know, and and then maybe we could, you know, add some class to this, you know, and and add some value to it and bring things that just don't exist. So I searched around, nobody made a tub kit. And I said, well, let's, let's let that be my first contribution to the community. Nice. Very good. So what, there's something else that you mentioned too, that you were doing that you're no longer going to be doing another kind of kit. What was that? Oh, my relocation kits. So those were followed by the tub kits. So once you put the tubs in, you're you're risked with that task of, or where does everything go? You've got the windshield washer bottle. You've got the ABS unit. You've got the battery. You've got the main fuse box. And where do you put them? So I had to come up with relocation boxes as well as all of the hardware and all the wiring, everything needed so that you could put them in a different location and still have tubs and still have everything run perfectly. You know, yeah. Nowadays, it's, it's known as the shaved bay look where you just get rid of everything. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. So... You, we were when we were chatting the other night. You sent me a picture of an O six or your O six STI. So when did you get that, and like what have you done to it, and what do you plan to do with it? That I actually just recently got. I just acquired it. I um, 
that I took on trade actually um, for labor. That is oh. going to be the last project that I do. I didn't even want to do it, but it was one of those things where it was too good of a deal, we'll say. So he, it came built. The car itself is a race car. It's built for like 750 horsepower. It's a glorified track car and it's only got, you know, a little less than 16,000 miles on the car itself. The car still smells brand new. Like my garage smells brand new because it's just sitting in there. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing how immaculate it is. It's literally showroom quality. Um, Everything on it is literally the best of the best and uh like cosworth everything from dry sump to heads to camshafts to it's got an ieg stage four short block in it you know closed deck it's got more sport subframe on it and everything that is attached to the car is going to get put into a gc the deal is i just have to unbolt everything and put it into his car and I get to keep the STI. Oh, gotcha. that's simple. And I was like, yep, where okay. do I sign? <laughs> I will unbolt this and put that in your car. And that's too easy for me. All right. So let's do it. That was something I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, I told him, I said, listen, I've got a lot going on. I'm working on the center exit and whatnot. I won't even be able to start it until next year, you know, basically mid next year. And he's like, man, that's fine. He goes, I know how long these builds take. No problem. So I was like, good, let's go. Nice. Yeah. So he dropped the car off or had the car dropped off. I have title in hand and now I have a 16,000 mile STI that I plan to put back to stock. Oh, nice. It's worth more, worth yeah. more as a collective car. You know what I mean? So yeah. 10, 15 years down the road, you're not going to find these cars. Yeah. Not with, not with 16,000 miles on it. Yeah. You know, so nice. that's the goal. You know, rip all the race car stuff out of it. It does have a Piper Motorsport uh, roll cage in it, and it's a very big roll cage that I don't plan on cutting out. I think I'm going to end up keeping that in there. So I think I'm going to do my best to kind of tuck interior pieces in behind the cage and class up, you know, give it a little bit more dress up and whatnot, because I'm sure it's going to be loud on the inside of the car. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you build any cars for rally or just like tuner cars? You know, I didn't know if I wanted to talk about this or not, but in secret, I am building a race car for myself. On the weekends, I pull a coupe in that I've been working on. Um, I just acquired a 2001 2.5 RS Impreza coupe that I am going to cut the whole front end off and then start the tube chassis process of that. And then uh, start building a roll cage and whatnot. So I want to, I want to get into racing. That's a lot of, you know, like I was saying earlier, time is very important to me. Yeah. So I want to be able to do all those things that I've always wanted to do, you know, and I feel like I've done a lot with Rumble Garage, but I think it's time to step it up to do something else in life. Okay. then. So you want me to keep that part in? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's right now. I bet you, to be honest, I bet you when that car is finished, it'll probably keep me in, in the game, you know, because I lost a lot of passion to be honest, you know, and it's a lot of it has to do with, is my car done yet? 
is my car done yet? Yeah. Is my car done yet? And that was very repetitious on my soul. And because of that, I lost a lot of passion and, and me putting so much time into that, I, I just was drained. So I realized, like I said earlier, you just have to make time. And I decided I'm just going to sacrifice my sleep and I'm going to build a car for myself that I can literally just go out and enjoy because we all need boost therapy. We all need it. You know, like it's, it's an amazing thing to be able to get behind a car that could take the abuse. Did you say boost therapy? Yeah. Boost therapy. Yeah. Is yeah. it like a uh, turbo? Uh, as turbo. Yeah. One of my favorite things. Yeah. I, I've experienced that, but unfortunately oh, my cross track is, <laughs> there's no boost. <laughs> you got to get into a turbo platform, brother. Man, I would love they're, to. They're so fun. They're oh, I've so driven fun. them. Yeah. I've driven. Yeah. So I've driven a, a boosted STI. I've driven a boosted WRX. I've driven a boosted yeah. Impreza wagon. So I've, I feel fortunate to have driven some pretty nice cars that were fun. Unfortunately, except for the WR, I mean, the STI got some pretty good road ahead of me to, to get into it, but not too much. The WRX mm -hmm. probably a little bit more, and then the Impreza not as much. But all three of them, I was able to feel it, and, and it's, yeah, I love that. It's very nice. I love it too as well. When she, it, it's honestly, it's addicting. It really is. I can see. Yeah. I mean, after yeah. driving one, definitely. Yeah. That's all you want. That's all you want. You know, you crave it, you want more and you're like, how much can we turn this thing up to before it poops glitter? Yeah. <laughs> There's a guy that did a, uh, fully, a full STI swap on a first gen cross track. Wow. That thing is, it's nice. Wow. Yeah. I got to get that guy on here. I want to hear oh, about uh, it. JR tuned, I think it was, or I, uh, I let's it, see, what is his? It's a the sand color. It's a Mar Marimoto. It's M A U R O M O T O. Oh, yeah. Marimoto. Yeah. Yeah. Underscore S T I. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check yeah. them out. It'd be nice to get him on here because I want to hear about it. I've messaged him, yeah. but haven't really chatted with him much, but. So here's the part where we get into learning a little bit more about the person behind the account. So who is Bill? Who is Bill? I guess Bill is a dreamer. I, I dream of better things, better life, you know, and, and uh, I try to provide that for my, my son and my family as much as possible, you know, show them how to be a man and how to win, you know, and, and and enjoy life, you know, because really in all reality, being a dreamer kind of gives you passion a lot. Yeah. Showing them how to win. Son, if you want to win, don't get any clips. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from Mitsubishi. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, you know, what's really funny is uh, his first car I bought for him at five. And uh, we've, we've had it ever since. Uh, the plan is actually to jump in that pretty soon. I bought him a 1992 Dodge Stealth Twin Turbo. Ooh. It's all-wheel drive. So we're going nice. to go through that. Good chance we're going to LS swap it just because it's so much easier to do that. And he's all about it. He likes his V8s. So, But uh, that, that engine is a very hard engine to work on and keep reliable mainly because it's gotcha. just a lot of it's just old old technology yeah yeah but but yeah yeah he's he's a car kid thank goodness it didn't skip a generation yeah that's good that's good where were you born washington dc as in oh. maryland 
Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. where are you at now? I am in Port Crane, New York. Okay. We moved all over. My dad was uh, military, okay. 28 years in the army. Oh. So he, yeah, retired 28 years. You know, so we moved all over. Where all have you lived? Mainly the East Coast, from Texas all the way up to New York, basically. We jumped from Texas to New York and then back down to Maryland and then pretty much back up here, back to Maryland and back up here. Where at in Texas? Uh, San Angelo, Texas, Grape Creek, Texas um, was the main, main areas that we were okay. mainly central, central Texas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and, uh, Colleen, actually, my dad oh, yeah. was stationed down in Colleen also as, as well. All right. Yeah. So what is a favorite memory from your childhood? Oh, going in my grandfather's garage is my favorite motorhead through and through. I am who I am because of my grandfather, my mom's dad. He, uh, he was amazing. He was a jack of all trades. Man could do anything. He literally could do anything. But he had uh, in this back room, he had a 1950s room that was just all 1950s stuff, you know, and it was just amazing. Pinball machine. And oh, that's he had so his, cool. Uh, it was fantastic, you know, and he had an old Ford pickup truck. He had an F100 custom that it was a 1950s. So he, he loved his truck, you know, it was in the 50s. So it was, it was very cool to go back there and just kind of hang out with my grandfather and whatnot. And yeah, that's probably the most ideal thing was hanging out with him. Yeah, I have uh, one of my favorite memories from childhood is my grandpa's shop also, but he was a carpenter. And so now, like if I go into a Home Depot or a Lowe's. Smell I, wood. Yeah, I smell the, yes. the sawdust. Yes. That's like that brings back memories. And because I used Doesn't to go in there and watch mm -hmm. my grandpa do carpentry work. And so, yeah, it was really cool. It was. Uh, yeah. It was you learn memory. a lot from watching too, you know, and, and that, I think that's. I did that a lot was I just watched and I soaked it up like a sponge because it was just amazing to me that one man could do all of this. Yeah. Unfortunately, I never got into doing carpentry. I wish now, you know, that back then I would have asked mm -hmm. him to teach me some stuff and learn some things and try to do things with him or, mm -hmm. you know, on my own with all the equipment he had. And now, you know, I'm not a carpenter. <laughs> I tried wood. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. he had everything that I would have needed. I mean, he had all yeah. kinds of equipment in there. It was pretty cool. But so we kind of already, we've talked about what you do for a living. And, and, you know, one of my questions usually is what would your dream job be? And sounds like you're kind of doing that, but is there anything else out there that you're like, if I could do this, man, that would be amazing. Honestly, I think I'm just doing it. I think I am living my dream life. I love what I do. You know, I, I try not to think of it as a job, even though it is really hard work. But I think uh, I'm on the right path. I'm doing exactly what I like to do. I'm one of those guys that I'm just like, yep, I'm up. Let's go. Another yeah. day. You know, whether I don't want to do it or not, I know that as soon as I get in the garage, happiness kicks in. Yeah. Immediately. It's my happy place. That's good. That's nice. Yeah. Not everybody's yeah. that fortunate to to be able to do something like that. No, you know, and that goes back to I am a hundred percent blessed. Yeah, I really am. I am so grateful for what I have. To be honest, I so grateful. So you mentioned earlier that you're like a hobbyist or something. What other hobbies do you have? 
Oh man, hobbies do <laughs> mowing the grass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love yard work. That's, I, I don't, you know, I, I think that if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, I would probably be a landscape artist. Yeah. I love doing that. You know, I love going out and tending, you know, tending to the grass and tending to the bushes and all my flowers. Like I'm like one of those guys that loves flowers. I love flowers. I love growing them. You know, I love plants. So it's, I think that's one of my hobbies that I really do enjoy. Like next year, I'm looking forward to growing a big garden and planting more trees this year. I just put in some chestnut trees. So that I'm proud of. And, you know, I do other things other than Subaru. I try not to be so on yeah. it all the time because, yeah. you know, it can, it can be draining. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good to have other hobbies. Yeah. Uh, what is something that makes you want to get out of bed every day? Hmm. The fear of dying. <laughs> You know, yeah. like, am I, am I missing opportunity? If, if I sit in this bed for an extra hour, I think about the work that I could have done in that hour and I get mad at myself, you know, and honestly, I'm very mean to myself. I am mean, <laughs> you know, the things I say to myself, uh, I'm very mean, not appropriate, but it gets me out of bed and it works, you know, and it's like, you know, you're right, Bill, you're right. Call yeah. me all the names you want. Let's go. You're your own drill sergeant. Hundred percent. I got that from my dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is something that makes you want to stay in bed? Ooh, something that wants to stay in bed. Because it sounds like you want to get out of bed. I don't know. To be honest, yeah. I, I, I've always looked at eating and sleeping as a waste of time. Wish we didn't have to do them. Mm, I always said yeah. it. Yeah, I've always said it. I've always been like, you know, I wish we didn't have to eat because it's just, I wish I could just keep going. You know, I wish I didn't have to stop. I wish I didn't feel this way. And I just wish we could just continuously <laughs> keep going, which yeah. is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I stay up late because I want to, you know, I mean, there are nights when I do have my moments where I'm like, you know what? I am just going to watch Netflix for the next two hours and do nothing because I've been working hard all week and that's what I want to do yes. tonight. But then there yes. are times where it's like, I will stay up late and I'll keep working. And I, I'm, I'm kind of like a night owl and a morning person because I like to get up. I don't like wasting the day. I feel like if I'm even on the weekends when I have the time to sleep, it doesn't have to be like I need to be productive working and doing something. But it's just like, I feel like if I sleep till like noon or one or something, I'm like, I missed all this time that I of the right. day that I could have been doing something, yes. anything, you know, I could have said that better. I could yeah. have said that better. Literally. That's exactly how I feel all the time. And, and I, like, I just, I don't, I think my body is just so used to getting so little sleep that like, there will be a weekend where I'm like, I don't have to do anything on Saturday morning. I can just sleep. Mm -hmm. And, yep. and then I still wake up early. Same, same. <laughs> I'm like, like I'm going to do this. I, I earned this. I'm going to sleep in. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work that way. Yeah. Oh, let's see. You, you kind of talked about this, but you said you didn't want to have any death regrets. And that's what scares you. Yeah, deathbed regrets, man. I tell you what, that's probably one of the biggest motivations I have is just I'm scared of you know, sickness and all that, you know, your health is your wealth. 
It really is, you know, like you have to take care of yourself. You have to eat well. You have to watch what you do. You can't overwork yourself because even that will make you sick. You know, there's there's a lot of variables in it. And it's been tough to find an even balance of it all. Yeah, because to stay healthy, you really do need sleep. But then it's you like, do. but that's mm-hmm. hard to, it's hard to say like, you know what, I'm going to. Yes sleep for my health. (laughs) Yes. It sucks. I'm so used to drinking caffeine all day long. I'll drink coffee. Like it's going out of style and I have to literally (laughs) schedule myself. I look at the clock and I go, okay, it's eight o'clock bill. No more caffeine. And it's crazy because I will drink it all the way until eight o'clock at night so that (laughs) I can achieve all the things that I feel are enough for the day. And sometimes I push my body way too hard, but it's one of those things where I'm like, Oh, I'll be all right. I'll just recover tomorrow. And the next day comes and I just repeat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last night I, I went to bed a little early for myself and because I was so tired, I was exhausted. I crashed. And cause like I have my, so my son, when he's with me, he has to be at school at, by like 7 a.m. So I have to, mm-hmm. you know, I get him up. I, oh, get, yeah. I get me up. I get him up. And then, you know, it's just like, and then he has, uh, he's in the marching band. So they've had some pretty late nights. Is like this past Saturday, they were there pretty much all day long with competitions. And so it's just, we get drained. Oh, really? For real though. And then like having to remember the scheduling each day, you have to plan your life in your yeah. day around that schedule. Like, Oh, sorry, that doesn't work with my schedule. Cause it has to be at this time. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's one of the many stresses too, of the day also as well. Like I have to make this work. Yep. Yeah. What would you be, what would be your best bit of advice to give to someone about anything? Always go for what you want. Don't listen to other people. Yeah. Com- and comparison is literally the robber of joy. Don't compare yourself to people. One thing I found I did a lot when I was younger was I I thought that I did certain things, so I should be a certain place in life and realization that everybody is on their own path. And in order to get to a certain position, they did sacrifices that I don't know about, you know, and those are the things that I had to learn as I grew was everybody has their own path. Don't put yourself in comparison to them because you will literally rob your joy or your motivation for fulfilling your own dreams. I really like that. That's, uh, yeah, that's really good because I've kind of done that with the podcast, you know, like the podcast Mm -hmm. isn't getting as many downloads as this other podcast Mm -hmm. or it's not here or there or whatever. And so I kind of... I, I used to do a, uh, what's called a Subi scoop. I would do that on Wednesdays where I would put community news out there. Like if, uh, and you know, if like a specific group was doing a meetup or a trail run or cars and coffee or whatever, I would announce like different ones. I would announce like some Subaru news stuff. Like, uh, they have their newsletter or whatever that comes That's out. That's sweet. Putting the information out there. Yeah. And, but it just got to be too much. And right. So I'm like, let me just scale it back and just keep doing what I was started off to do because that's what I really enjoyed. 
is and I would I mean I would still do it if I had time. It's just isn't it amazing how we always get away from the things that we started and made us passionate. You know, it, it's it's almost like you have to reel your back, you know, reel it back sometimes, you know. And yeah, that's where I am right now too. It's like, you know, just get back to where you started. Yeah. Kind of more s- simple, simplified. Yeah. Just simplify it. It's crazy because, you know, human beings, it's like we're the only ones that live on this planet that pay to live here, you know? So it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's wild it's, if you think it about it like that, you know? So, yeah, you know, I've always, I, I've thought this a lot lately. You've got like gold and silver and all these other natural resources that are just naturally existing. And somebody decided, hey, that's a really cool looking metal. I'm going to dig it out of the earth process it and then sell it to people it just seems crazy to me it is and how much value we put on paper too is very crazy to me too yeah like dollars like wow like yeah how did how did someone be like hey these are it you know and and i'm sure the transition back then when they had banknotes was extremely hard thank god i didn't live in that generation yeah but unfortunately we need money to live and and absolutely you know we're there. We just, we're, we're in it. Yes. How, how would you say, I mean, a lot of people that I have on here, it's like, how would you say that owning your Subaru has changed your life? But for you, it's like, how has owning your 70s Subarus changed your life? <laughs> it, uh, it taught me how to work on them at a more efficient rate and easier um, a lot of people call Subarus Lego cars. I really honestly look at them like Legos. You know, they, they just come apart like pieces and whatnot. But I get uh, an easier way of doing it because I've been doing it for so long. And I've seen so many models and so many platforms that I could just be like, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. And, and that right there, I think, has really helped me out with a lot of my joy is that's where I got a lot from is, you know, and and then I also owning them all, I got to drive them all and I got to enjoy them all, you know, and that also extended a lot of passion. Do you have a list of like, have you kept a list of all the different models that you've owned? No, never. No, No. I, uh, a lot of them went to the crusher, unfortunately, because yeah, they just, they just weren't Subaru safe to be Mm. on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Not not uh not worthy to be of the ninety five percent still on the road. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to take them off, you know. And then as a collision expert, I know exactly what I'm looking for, you know. And so that's good. A lot of times you got to pull the rear seats so that you can look at the rear strut towers and find out if they're rotted. And you'll think it's a great car until you look at those rotted strut towers and you go, "Wow, I drove this." Wow. So it's. Let's let's go ahead and just take this apart. We'll sell the parts so that someone else can save their car, help them out, and you know, and we're just gonna crush this car because yeah. it's seen better days. Yeah, that's good. Well, I want to thank you, Bill, for taking the time for sitting still and <laughs> <laughs> sitting still to do the podcast. Thank you for having me. I, I I'm truly humbled by this. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, it's been like I said, it was it was really great chatting with you the other night and kind of building up to this. And I've enjoyed this and hearing more about your story and learning more than I did the other night. So it's been great to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. 
So I hope you have a good night. And, uh, hey. you know, we'll uh, keep in touch for sure. And uh, no, absolutely. It's uh, that's that's one of the hard things for, for me and maybe even for you is you get in contact with so many people over the years that it's like, mm-hmm. I f- like I'll, every once in a while, I'll think about somebody. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't messaged that person in a long time. But it's so hard to just keep up with it everybody. Is. I mean, it is. That in itself would be a full-time job if you're just it like, is. I'm just going to keep up with everybody. You'd be keeping That's up with everybody. That's the first hour to two every morning for me. Yeah. Yeah, answering messages. Yeah, drinking my coffee and waking up and answering messages and, and reaching out and, and trying to stay in contact with everybody. Yeah, but it's, you know, I mean, it's... I, I had somebody message me the, uh, I think it was either earlier today or yesterday and asked like, how does one go about getting onto the podcast? And we had chatted some a little bit before. And so we talked about that. And then Mm -hmm. he said, I was actually kind of afraid to to reach out to you and and ask. And I've had people say that before, you know, like, oh, I was like intimidated to ask you. And other, you know, I've had other people that have said like, oh, yeah, well, I was thinking about, you know, getting on the podcast or asking you, but somebody else said, just ask him. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks again. And uh, hope you have a good night. So the only thing I ask is like, send me like some kind of photo that I can use for my post. And if it's just your logo, whatever you want to do. I could do that. No problem. Okay. All right. Sweet. Yeah, we'll talk to hey, you man, later. Hey, man, thank you. I really appreciate you. Yeah, you're very welcome. I appreciate you, yeah. too. Yeah, this is fun. Great. This is super fun. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I like this. Yeah, right. this is really fun. Okay. Well, All yeah. right, brother. Have a good night. You, too. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and checking out another episode of the Sue Being You podcast. If you are not doing so already, go give Bill a follow. His Instagram handle, again, is rumble underscore garage. And go check out some of the builds that he's doing. He's doing some really great work. And again, he is very passionate about what he's doing. And seems like he's really good at it. He he really cares about his builds. He really cares about what he's doing for people. And of course, we know that's very important. Especially when you're doing something for somebody else. But seems like he's having a little fun on his own for his own little project. So thanks again, Bill, for being a guest on the podcast and for sharing your story. If you haven't done so already and you listen to this podcast through Apple Podcast, go write a review and uh, let me know what you think. There's close to 100 now, but it'd be nice to get to 100. And uh, yeah, so go check it out. Also, if you want to help support the podcast, you can join Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash podcast. Or you can go to subinupodcast.com and right there on the front it says support the podcast and you can join Patreon. Thanks again so much for tuning in. Thank you to my sponsors. Thank you to my patrons for helping to support the podcast. I really appreciate it and I'm very thankful for everybody. So have a great week. Again, have a very safe and happy Halloween. Have a good time and we will talk to you later. Much Subi love. Raf. The Subi and You podcast is hosted by Raphael in a closet in Houston, produced by Raphael in a room next to the closet in Houston, and edited by Raphael on a computer in the room next to the closet in Houston, with music by Luke Ruiz in another room in Houston. You can find the Subi and You podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. 
To support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash podcast. Once you join, you will have access to the Discord channel and Discord chats with other patrons. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can find them on Instagram at Podcast, online at subianupodcast.com, or by email, subianupodcast at gmail.com. That's all for this week. Tune in Mondays for new episodes. Thank you.